well, kind of big picture terms, um, the viability study um, outlined the need for $40 million as capitalization for the bank. And the consultant that we have hired said, you know, based on the distribution of funds and the necessary starting capital, um, that would be the de minimis amount necessary for just imagine ABC Bank walks in the door, hands in an application. If they say, I want to start a bank with a million dollars, all the I's are dotted and the T's crossed. The FDIC and the state would not allow such a bank to exist because over the next three to four years, that bank needs to be able to, um, you know, needs to be able to survive. And that $40 million is what's necessary for that bank to reach profitability. And so in, in terms of fiscal outlook, um, the viability indicated $40 million as our initial capital outlay. Okay, thank you for that. And are there um, examples of public banks in other jurisdictions uh, that you know of? Um, and can you tell us how they were able to fund that initial capitalization? Well, I mean, there there is only one, as the Highlander said, um, one bank started in 1919 in North Dakota. Okay. So this is ostensibly something new in the, in the world, but at, on the other side of the uh, coin is a third of public monies outside of the United States exist in their own, in, exist in public banks. So Germany, India, you know, Brazil have, their own public banks that we could reference um, as entities that exist and run similarly to what uh, we believe a public bank here in the East Bay would run. Okay. And with this 40 million, I know you haven't done the business plan yet, but <laughs> but it is a public bank. So I assume public dollars. Uh, is it reasonable to assume that Berkeley would need to identify some significant share? I mean, maybe not a third, but um, because well, if it's three cities, you know, th that we're going to need to find some significant share of that 40 million. Is that reasonable? Well, the, the, the answer to your question is yes, but we were hoping that we cross this barrier to actually allow the staff to present exactly that, you know, be presented with that, with that question and provide an answer. It's like, what would be reasonable for Berkeley to, um, you know, deliver as a capitalization to this bank? Um, and, you know, un until that happens, it would be, I'd actually be misspeaking. Um, in our viability study, we said around two and a half to $3 million from, from the, the city of Berkeley. So... Okay, thank you. I, I just realized the time. I, I know it's late. I know that the mayor's not feeling well. So, okay, let me just um, <laughs> thank you, thank you, sir, for your question or for your answers to my questions. So, let me just say, you know, I, I, um, I again, I want to thank the mayor for explaining the um, sort of the policy benefit of this. For me, I think about what uh, that presentation on our staffing crisis uh, illuminated or or made clear or reminded us of, which was the heavy, unprioritized workload of our staff. And it is my personal view that um, 
this just isn't a core priority right now for me personally. Um, For me, I'm really concerned about the deterioration of our streets. You know, we had this major sidewalk repair item. I'm concerned about rising crime rates and what we can do to shore up our police department and enhance public safety. And I'm always very concerned about the unsheltered homelessness in our city. And and I, I do have to say lately, I've been, uh, my office with our additional staffing resources, we've done extensive research on people with serious mental illness in this county who are chronically homeless. I don't mean to go off topic, but I these are my core issues. And I'm I'm just respectfully not seeing the public bank and 40 million initial capitalization as something that's reasonable for us to take on. And so I, while I respect that this is not allocating significant resources the way Richmond has, I, I feel it's diverting us from what should be our key priorities. Uh, so I will respectfully be voting no on this. Thank you. My hope is um, in the near term that we have a chance to speak more broadly on that topic with you specifically. Okay, I want to, it's, it's 11.22, we extend it to 11.30. So let's, the meeting's about to adjourn. So let me, let me manage the meeting. Um, so uh, we need to extend. Um, I, I guess I'd like to ask, are there any members of the public on Zoom who would like to speak on this item? Please raise your hand at this time so I can get a count of how many people. Um, okay, so I'm going to suggest we extend the meeting for 10 additional minutes to 1140. Second. Second. Roll call, please. Councilmember Kesarwani? Yes. Taplin? Yes. Bartlett? Yes. Harrison? Yes. Hahn? Yes. Wengroff? Yes. Robinson? Yes. Humbert? Yes. And Mayor Arguing? Yes. Thank you. Councilmember Harrison, then Humbert, and then public comment. Yeah. Just, just to be brief, we aren't spending $40 million. We're depositing $40 million into a different financial institution. We have that much in float all the time in banks. That is not... A challenge. Um, in terms of the staff uh, point, I think that the group here has worked very heavily with um, the finance director, and he's been on top of what this looks like for his office. So I'm going to trust him to tell us whether it's overburdensome. And I think so far that's worked out well for him. I want to say something that I said at the finance committee, which is I think probably I'm the only person here that actually worked in North Dakota in the winter. And the reason I did that was because in the 2008 crash, they were the only state that could hire consultants because they were the only state that had any money. So my entire business was gone except for North Dakota because they protected themselves. I see this as a move towards independence. I think we can't just think about it about about the it's doing this fancy thing. We are just like when we do our own energy future, we're doing our own financial future. We're protecting ourselves from these banks, which I don't think are that reliable. Look what happened to Silicon Valley Bank. Look at the weeks I spent worrying what was going to happen to my bank, First Republic. So I just want to say we're not spending $40 million. We are depositing $40 million here instead of somewhere else that may be completely unreliable. And we will have more control over it. And it fits very nicely with Councilmember Bartlett's microbonds. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how this all comes together. Thank you. Councilmember Humbert. Yes, thank you. Thank you. And I've learned a lot during the um, the discussion here tonight, but I don't think I know enough. Um, so um, I'm going to respectfully abstain with a pledge that I will happily meet with uh, the folks that are here tonight um, to learn more. 
um, in the in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Council Member Vice Mayor Bartlett. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, I just want to thank you for for your work here. And you know, the North Dakota Bank um, has been quite successful in the um, near 100 years. I think it's been open now. Uh, you know, basically funding public infrastructure uh, at much better rates than you get uh, from the market, the Wall Street market. Um, and as a result, that state has withstood every economic downturn um, since the, since since it was since it was started. Uh, and it shifts priorities according to the context that it's in. Uh, when the shale boom happened, they were able to capitalize on that uh, and and bring the returns to the community more with more schools and more bridges and more public infrastructure um, at a at a very very low uh, interest rate. Um, I, I do I do want to just 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 flag this issue for the for the for the bank for the banking persons here. Um, and this will be we talk this later, but um, I do have some initial concerns. I think we've talked about this in the past too. I do have some initial concerns about the city of Berkeley um, partnering in a bank with Richmond and Oakland. Um, I do think Berkeley would be better served with its own bank. Um, our small our smaller bank suited for our needs. Because I do see the potential for Berkeley to be subsumed uh, in the in the deep capital expenditures um, that are necessary to, to run Richmond uh, and to run and to run Oakland, um, and also with um, the, let's the those two cities, let's say, have different governance styles than we do, um, and so that's something I want I want to make sure that we are able to get the biggest bang for our buck, uh, and also the 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 public bank. To finance our particular directives, um, because I do believe they are of a different nature than both those cities. Okay, unless there are any other council members who would like to speak at this time on this item, we'll proceed to public comment. Jeff is our first speaker. Yeah, good evening. Um, you know, it's somewhat disingenuous to suggest this is nothing more than a no-cost thought exercise. The resolution itself says the city of Berkeley intends to be a founding member of the Public Bank of the East Bay and is part of the application process for a public banking charter. So, you know, the end game's already written in, 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 the, in this statement. So um, some of the backpedaling that went on earlier just doesn't feel right. You know, having advocates for a specific policy outcome produce the city's business plan is an inherently conflicted process that will introduce bias and competing interests. The introduction of such bias is thought, fraught with risks to objectivity. And further, a proposal of this complexity and magnitude is going to require much more than a $50,000 consulting agreement. So in the end, you're going to end up with an incomplete analysis and not have a clear picture of the financial implications. The assertion that the viability in the viability study that the public bank can meet regulatory muster with a $40 million taxpayer infusion seems incredibly unrealistic given the increased solvency requirements in the midst of the current banking crisis. The notion that the bank would be financing business loans, housing projects, climate resilience, and infrastructure at this level of capitalization is fantasical. 40 million seems like overhead costs. It's also reckless, the comment that was just made to suggest you're simply depositing 40 million that you can withdraw at any time. It's crazy, you're putting up 40 million in collateral that could be wiped out in an instant 
given the high-risk portfolio suggested in the viability study. I would also encourage you to look at Roger Halstein's next door post. There are over 452 comments reinforcing Councilmember Kesserwani's point that this is a very expansive program that's really outside the immediate interests of the Berkeley population. Thank you. Uh, okay, Debbie Notkin is our next speaker. Thank you, Mayor Aragin. I will be quick. I know how late it is and I know everybody wants to go home. I just wanna say two things. And one is there is no way to find out whether or not this is a good idea without having this inexpensive, well-resourced working group answering these questions. And then the other thing I wanna say is that if council member Kesharwani cares so much about building housing, a public bank is a way to build the kind of housing council member Kesharwani wants at prices that are reasonable and, work, and to work well with the other nearby cities to make that happen. And thank you all for your time and for the late hour. Okay, um, is there anyone else on Zoom who would like to speak on item 34? Seeing no additional raised hands, anyone here in the boardroom who would like to speak on that item as well? Okay, we'll close public comment. Colleagues, any further discussion? <clears throat> the, the motion is to adopt item 34. I don't see anyone requesting to speak. Okay, if not, we will proceed to a roll call vote on the motion to approve item 34. Councilmember Kesarwani? No. Taplin? Yes. Bartlett? Yes. Harrison? Yes. Hahn? Yes. Wingraff? Abstain. Robinson? Yes. Humbert? Abstain. Mayor Arking? Yes. Motion carries. Okay, the motion carries. Okay, um, so that completes our business. Um, is there any public comment from anyone that did not previously speak to an item not on the agenda? Did Blair Beekman speak? I think he did during the initial public comment round, right? No, okay. Rebecca Mirovich, you're up on non-agenda matters, and then we'll go to Mr. Leesner. I'm sorry, but... Hold on. Oh. I, I didn't know you wanted to speak, so I was going to go to a speaker on Zoom, but I'll go to you right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't get much time to um, refute or, re or have rebuttal about things you said on the 21st meeting, and it's been on my mind for over two weeks. It was really hurtful. Um, I appreciate your perseverance with your cold, and I won't take a long time. But, you know, the tirade about us costing RCD $25 million, I, I've been going over it and over it. I can't find any factual basis for it. The HUD funding was either given up by RCD or somebody told them um, to stop answering HUD's questions. The whole thing at that point was looking for somebody to be a responsible entity. Anyway, I said I was going to be short. It all depended on them following the policies of the National Preservation, um, the His National Historic Preservation Act. And when they cut the trees down on the western side of the park, that was 
could have been called anticipatory dis destruction. It was building before the environmental report had been completed, and that's why RCD, either out of you know prudence, their lawyers said we can't go ahead with this because we don't want to answer. We don't think we have the grounds to to stand up to that violation. HUD said it was still possible, but they yeah. just turned in the vouchers. We can have a conversation. Yes. Offline. So I hope you feel better, and I hope we'll you do some research about I. I've been following this very closely, and I we can have a conversation. Can you use about your it. microphone. Just saying that I've I've been very intricately involved in this issue, and we can have a conversation about it offline. So, okay. Well, our BCA was here tonight. When I've spoken with them, they um, actually corroborated more of the things that that I've learned. Yeah, I've, I've talked to HUD, so we can we can have a conversation about it. Sir, do you want to speak on non-agenda item, you said? Okay, please come forward. Uh, excuse me, I know it's later, sorry. Uh, actually, I came here for this, not for Topa, because I haven't seen the signs, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I come here to ask for help. I am... Uh, a small property owner, I I meet um, a difficulty. My house is in Hearst Avenue by Sacramento. My house was dangerous and city inspector put unsafe sign. Uh, I kept empty for more than one year. I, uh, last year I start to, uh, to ask for repair. And uh, I uh, have some contractor come there. They say it's not uh, not valuable to repair because the problem is too, too, too big. So they suggest me to demolish. So uh, because I don't know the process, so I ask for the demolishing permit. It is very complex and very difficult and very expensive. The problem is the zoning asked for a land use permit. My house was there for 100 years. The land has been used for 100 years. I will rebuild it at the same dimension, same size, same color, same uh, yeah, shape. Why do I need use permit? The use permit will cost me $10,000. I don't have so many money. And I suggest the city, if you really want to help to, uh, to increase house supply, please help, help us set a fund because uh, if I rebuild, I need to spend 400000 I don't have the money. If I don't uh, rebuild it, it will always keep empty. And it is dangerous to, to people go through there. And it looks like ugly. It's almost fall down. So I don't know what can I to do next step. I, I feel very helpless. 
Thank you. Uh, you, you have policy. We're not going to be able to solve the problem here tonight. If you contact my office, the mayor's office, I'd be happy to talk to you more about this. Okay. Same. And we have had we have had policy discussions around how to streamline demolitions. That's a separate matter, but um, please reach out. I know you talked to Councilor Kesserwani also, so thank you. Okay. So thank how you. can I uh, contact you? Uh, may 510-981-7100. That's, that's my number. Thank you. Thank okay, you. we'll move on to the last speakers, Rebecca Mirvish. Good evening, my name is Rebecca Mirvish. I am the president of Telegraph for People. I'm speaking tonight on a non-agenda matter because the meeting for this matter was canceled. I'm, of course, talking about the Hopkins Quarter project. Um, we're extremely disappointed in the current status of the project and want you all to know that this is very embarrassing for you. How do you expect um, to maintain the trust of your constituents when you can't even follow through on this very important safety project? Uh, it's embarrassing and shameful. Thank you and good night. And I hope you feel better, Mr. Mayor. Go Bears. Go Bears. Okay. Blair Beekman, you're you get the last word. Uh, thanks a lot. Thanks that uh, I, I haven't been speaking at public comment time today or or ever. <laughs> you know, it's this is the first time you've done this for me. Thank you immensely. Uh, it will be important to learn uh, how to uh, better ask how the San Jose POA fentanyl distribution ring had networked with police departments around the country and may have uh, been uh, the cause of a certain amount of, of deaths, harm, and uh, jail time for persons uh, in San Jose and local cities and across the state and country. Uh, we can all be for how police departments can help a community. The current SJPOA situation example of how uh, we need to learn to better balance and to be more clear how police departments can also hurt a community. Uh, there are important ways and how to better uh, understand and practice the initial good intentions of uh, how to build a future reimagined that most people can agree with on some level and how all parts of a community can uh, be better listened to and, and a part of the process. And from this place, everyday community uh, can better listen or can better learn to police themselves and to also uh, lessen and minimize uh, the overall needs of the institutions and technology of the prison military industrial complex. We need uh, sunshine and openness to build uh, uh, towards our community future uh, and, and not more cloudiness and confusion. From this, we can possibly take a considerable chunk out of street drug sales and specific, specifically left and fentanyl distribution uh, locally if it's, uh, we can clearly uh, more understand the role police, local police departments may have in these such issues. Uh, good luck in working on these issues, uh, learning from San Jose mistakes, and to consider the police peer, peer review program that can be of help in understanding these issues better in our future. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. We are adjourned. Thank you all. Um, yes.